Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. This edition of the podcast features highlights of conversations at the Fall 2021 Christian Product Expo at the St. Charles Convention Center outside of St. Louis. First up, one of the core artists on Faith Radio throughout the years, Babby Mason. She is not only a singer and writer, but a media host as well. I hope you enjoy hearing her share at the Christian Product Expo about how the Lord has walked with her throughout her life. Next, comments from the head of the Christian Authors Network, Angela Breidenbach, who has an interest in genealogy. Find out how that interest drives her writing coming up. Then, Lori Wildenberg realizes that life doesn't always go the way we think it should or how we would have planned it. The circumstances of life and the relationships in which we engage are not always neat and tidy. She sat down with me at CPE to discuss how we can have hope, even in anxious times. Finally, Cynthia Simmons has a love of history. In fact, she has written a series of books regarding the pursuit of money, which is covered in a companion workbook for younger readers as well, offering a chance to develop critical thinking skills about financial matters. Her insights from CPE are coming up. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Christian musical artist Babby Mason, who spoke and led worship at the 2021 Advanced Writers and Speakers Association Conference and at the Fall 2021 Christian Product Expo, stopped by Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the CPE event to discuss God's faithfulness in her life and ministry. She also shared about a number of her classic songs. Here now is some material from a recent conversation at the Fall 2021 CPE show near St. Louis. This is Babby Mason now. I mean, the Bible says to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together and do it all the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. And even those who've been attending online and those who've been here in person, it's really been very refreshing. It's been really good for me because, you know, we crave fellowship. And, you know, for the last 18 months, all I've seen is a little video thumbnail on a Zoom session. And it's just good to see people from the you know, right here, live and in person. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that you did earlier today at the gathering, the Golden Scrolls Awards gathering for the AWSA, was you came out and you sang what we might call a number of Babby Mason classics. Wow. Started out with Love is the the More Excellent Way. Yes. And then you also did... um, with, with all, all my heart. With all my heart. You you let everybody in. There's something about that name. And I'm trying to remember the second song. St- uh, standing sang, in the Gaps. Yeah. And uh, these are songs that people have been listening to for years. Yes. And With All My Heart was a song that was in an al- album that produced a number of other songs. Each One Reach One is one of those. It, the, the album came out with a song called Jubilate. And so through Bob, you've got a great memory. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I looked that's it up. A, that's I actually amazing. I looked it up actually earlier today. So <laughs> Google is a wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. It's a great tool. <laughs> so take us take us back. Of course, you are originally from the Atlanta area. You now live in West Georgia. You still do a television program, Babby's House, on a local Christian television station in the Atlanta area. Take us back to those early days when you were really, when God was beginning to establish you in music ministry? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking, Bob. 
Um, my husband and I uh, got married in 1980. I moved down from my hometown of Jackson, Michigan, where I was born and raised and raised in my preacher daddy's house and playing the piano for my father's church for many years, almost 20 years. And just, you know, having a dream. Uh, while I was teaching school, I taught middle high school music and English uh, for about eight years. And, you know, just trying to be faithful in pursuing that dream and my calling of, you know, one day pursuing a ministry in a full-time vocation as a singer. And let me just say this, Bob, I never aspired to be a songwriter. Songwriting just kind of <laughs> sneaked up, it sneaked up behind me. Um, I've, always been a, I've always been a lover of words. I love to write and I love to read. And then one week after I quit my job in 1984 because a concert ministry began to encroach upon my full-time job as a school teacher. And by the time 1984 rolled around, I was really kind of juggling both ministry and home and school. And, um, and so I, my husband and I prayed about it, and I quit my job in 1984. And that summer, I went out to the Christian Artist Music Seminar in the Rockies, competed out there in the songwriting uh, competition and the vocal competition, and I sat in on some songwriting workshops. And that really began to turn on the, the lights. And I realized that songwriting is a craft. It's a learned craft. But it, it began to just allow me to get my feet wet, to associate with other writers who were writing, you know, really great songs. And they deposited some wonderful writing tools and techniques into my life. And the very first song that I wrote after coming out of that conference was All Rise. Wow. Um, back in the summer of 1980, 1984. And, it, and um, the next year I went back to the competition and it happened to win first place. And that just kind of started this ball rolling of writing with more confidence, of being able to record songs that I felt were of a more industry-level quality. And uh, that got the attention of... Uh, my friends at Word Records, and I ended up signing with them in 1989. My first record with them came out in 1990. Carry On was that first record. And that just led to the opportunity to record some beautiful songs, like you mentioned, like With All My Heart and Each One Reach One and All of His Glory that I recorded as a duet with Michael English. Um, wow. it's, been a, it's been a wonderful journey for almost 38 years now. Bebby Mason here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to her website. It's very simply Babbie, B-A-B-B-I-E, dot com. Next on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's Angela Breidenbach. She is a professional genealogist as well as an author. And in a conversation at the Fall 2021 Christian Product Expo near St. Louis, she discussed her interest in the field of genealogy, her involvement with the Christian Authors Network, of which she is president, and she shared information relative to her book, Queen of the Rockies. Here now from that conversation is Angela Breidenbach. I am in Montana, and I absolutely love Montana. And I started doing some research for a historical book that was being um, that that was being purchased by a traditional house, and I ended up finding all of this really obscure, beautiful, wonderful material about the people that founded the state of Montana hmm. and when Montana became a state. And I also found out that there's a little known secret is not known well at all, but there's a huge famous book about the orphan train. Well, as a matter of fact, 
the cast-offs of that orphan train that didn't work out in the farms of the families or that didn't get taken were dumped off in the streets of Helena, Montana. Helena, Montana was called the Queen of the Rockies. So the Queen of the Rockies series is set in Helena, Montana. And then as we go through book five and book six, it expands because the people of Montana built this state out of some amazing experiences. And with Queen of the Rockies, we're going to follow a fictional character as she interweaves with real people that lived and, and helped to build uh, the Helena, the Queen of the Rockies city. And then she interacts with some of the homeless children on the street that were left behind by the orphan train. And so it's a quite a fun one. Mm. But the whole series is uh, starts off with the birth of Montana as a state. And we go through the whole series into 1910 when it's the biggest and largest fire in U.S. history, which had a couple of different names, but the big blow-up was one of the names wow. for it. And that was a massive, there was, you know, so we're going to go through the whole state like that. There, and that last book in the series will come out in February. This one comes out, uh, Queen of the Rockies, it starts it off in, in September. And it goes through where it was at the very tail end of when there were indentured servants. And I don't know if most people know indentured servants could be indentured from birth and were often indentured when they're between five and seven years old. Mm. In the U.S., had started to peter out on it, but they still existed up into the 1880s and 1890s. Wow. And so we have her, the, our fictional character, rescuing a, a little girl who was going to be indentured into a brothel. And she saves her. And because she saves her, she steals her off the streets. And now her reputation is suspect because she's acted illegally. And the question is sometimes, what do you do? when you're faced with what is right and what is wrong and you could lose everything because you stand up courageously for what is right mm. that's what that book's about so really there's is that the main connecting point with a christian worldview as yes. part of the novel yes because i think often there's a lot of social the whole series really deals a lot with social pressure and society sometimes wants us to do one thing and we know that that is not what god would have us to do and how do you stand up in the face of society's pressures and demands on you when that you know is not what God would have you do. And it's very difficult to act in a way that society does not want you to act, even if it's the right thing. So standing up for what you believe in, mm. very important. We need to be challenged yes. in that. And sometimes you cannot challenge somebody right in their face. Sorry, folks, I'm clapping. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to come at it third party with a story. Yeah. Angela Breidenbach here on The Intersection. You can find her online at Angela Breidenbach, that's B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H dot com. The CAN website, Christian Authors Network site, is ChristianAuthorsNetwork.com. Well, this is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through MeetingHouseOnline.info or by going to the programming section at FaithRadio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center where you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection. There are also links to the podcast in the Media Center as well as iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. 
And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content. Again, the website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now Amazon Music. Continuing with this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Lori Wildenberg, author of the book Messy Hope, Help Your Child Overcome Anxiety, Depression, or Suicidal Ideation. In our conversation, she discussed elements related to those topics, including some of the issues affecting even the very young. She offered principles and perspective for parents to be able to help and encourage their children. Here now from that conversation is Lori Wildenberg. Why do you think that you're seeing even the the possibility of the very young falling into this? Yeah, you know, of course, we can blame a lot on COVID, right? And and there well, are there's some there's a lot yeah, yeah there's a lot there certainly yes, and there is and that has totally exploded the issues, but I do think a lot has to do with parenting our kids for independence and telling them that they have to do this stuff on their own. We want our kids to be responsible, but we also want interdependence. We don't want little islands in our mm. home. And I think that has come back to bite us for doing that because our kids are afraid to admit they need help and to ask for help. And they are not seeing their parents ask for help or admit they need help. We need to be one another's help and one another's helpers, right? We need to serve and ask, ask for help when we need it. There's no shame. In fact, it's a strength. It is a great strength for us to ask for help. And, mm, yeah. um, and we can't keep focusing on happiness. I mean, that, that really is getting in our way because our kids are feeling all these other emotions and it's almost like they shouldn't. They should only feel happy. So is happiness, is, is that a realistic expectation? I, I mean, I, I've heard it said that, that God's purpose for us is not necessarily for us to be happy, but for us to be holy. And yes, there is a difference, I believe, between happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. And joy is something that we have. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's something we can possess even in the midst of adverse circumstances. It's not something that's dependent on circumstances, but you talk about the emphasis being placed too much. Too much. On, on happiness. Yeah, I, you know, I love... a little bit deeper, yeah. I love C.S. Lewis's quote where he says that joy is the serious business of heaven. <laughs> I love that. So there's nothing wrong with happiness. Happiness is great. It's just like... We love dessert, but we don't want to eat dessert 24-7, right? We need other stuff in there as well. And so if you look at happiness like dessert, all, if, you all, if you only ate dessert, you'd get sick. And the same with happiness. We can't be just stuck on that. Um, we need to unstick from that. And yes, happiness is awesome, and nobody would say otherwise. We like that. But we need the mixture. We need to be able to go through life where we have opportunities to be brave because we're afraid, where we have opportunities to show 
show empathy and compassion because we know what it feels like to feel sad. Mm -hmm. So those are things that we need to allow our kiddos to experience as well and stop protecting them and walk rather than either dismiss like I did, but to walk through side by side and to you know, be there in, in an interdependent way um, with our kids. I think that's, that's critical because if, and for them to also know to rely upon the Lord and that dependence on God because we are not always going to be with our kids and they need to know that God is always with them no matter what. Well, you have written six books. Three of them, as I mentioned earlier, have the word messy in them. The most recent is called Messy Hope. It's now available as we're talking here at the CPE Fall Show for pre-order, and we'll give a website address. But when you talk about the word messy, obviously that's something that you have used in several of your titles. Then you combine that word with the word hope. It almost seems like a paradox, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it so does. what's up with that? <laughs> it's true because... Here's the thing, here's the thing, Bob. When we talk about hope, you have to talk about hard things. Hope mm. isn't born out of no struggle. Hope is birthed and hope is experienced right in the middle of the mess. And that is true hope. Mm. True hope happens in the mess. Lori Wildenberg here on The Intersection. You can find her online at Lori, L-O-R-I, Wildenberg, W-I-L-D-E-N-B-E-R-G dot com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the Fall 2021 Christian Product Expo in St. Charles, Missouri, Cynthia L. Simmons discussed her novel, Reflecting Gold, a novel of the Civil War, and explored how the book and the series in which it is included present Christian principles relative to money. Here now from that conversation is Cynthia L. Simmons. It was Peter Chandler and his father had owned half of the bank and then Mary Beth Roper's father owned the other half, except that Peter's father owned like 51%. Usually okay. when you okay. have a, uh, a partnership, one usually has a little bit more than the other one so that there's a, someone who can pull rank. So they own this bank and as changes start to come, they've got to decide what they're going to do, whether or not when people bring them this paper money, are they going to accept it? And are they going to stay on the gold standard? And how are they going to do that? So the first novel covers, first of all, what do you value? And obviously yeah. people value gold and we want to value the things of the Lord. We don't want to value the wrong things because that can lead you into trouble, which is kind of where that story goes. The second novel has to do with pursuing the Lord because they had to pursue gold to keep their bank alive so that whatever happened, they ended up with enough gold to be solvent at the end of the war. And the final novel, the theme of that story is that in hard times, which they were going through very hard times, they had to reflect the glory of God because they did already value gold. They were pursuing the things of the Lord, but they learned to reflect the glory of God in this hard time. And so I think this is a good time to also interject a piece about a, a workbook that you have released. It's for younger readers and it teaches some lessons with respect to money and critical thinking skills. So mm -hmm. tell me about that. 
Critical thinking is so important today because there are so many ideas out there that are thrown at our children that we simply cannot dump them out in the world without getting them prepared. So this Pursuing Gold critical thinking curriculum, it covers chapter by chapter pursuing gold, and it also has information about how to handle money at the end and how to avoid debt, giving lots of information about things at the time that were historical as well as kind of a little history of money from the, you know, colonial period to about the Civil War. Well, you look at this Reflecting Gold book and you really, as you mentioned, talk about trusting God in hard times. Yes. We're in the midst, I mean, the, the timing here, we are in the midst of some challenging we are. economic times. Right, we Coming are. out of the, the pandemic and then we look at some of the economic challenges here in the future as believers in Christ, and I think this appeals not only to young readers through this workbook that you've done, this study, but also the themes of this new book mm-hmm. that you've written. So how is it that we can keep grounded in the Lord when we are facing challenging economic times or we're feeling the after effects of what has happened economically during the coronavirus period? Well, I think the first thing that we need to remember that this is not the first time that the world has felt like it was coming apart. (laughs) This is not at all unusual. In fact, um, you know, at the Revolutionary War, they began to feel this way because they were battling um, Britain and there were people in their own cities who were loyalists who were not in favor of them. The Civil War was another time. The, The World War II was another time. There were plenty of times in the past where things were very intense and they did not know what was going to happen. But we have to remember that the thing that lasts is the gold, and the gold is our faith in Christ, that he is the anchor, nothing else, certainly not a politician, certainly not um, our neighbor next door, or even our spouses. We have a tendency to cling to them. We have to cling to the Lord in difficult times. And during difficult times, we can even love other people with the love of God and still do his will. And that's what the thrust of these three books are all about. And you talk about the love of God because we think about our own economic situations. Well, in in God's, as it's been said, in God's economy, there is an element of, well, as Jesus taught, loving our neighbor. We love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We love our neighbor as ourselves. So there is an element of charity, of giving, and not clinging too tightly to the resources of this world. Exactly. And I think that's especially true when we're facing difficult economic times. We have to make sure that we are being selfless with the resources that God has entrusted to us. You know, the natural tendency for us to do is to pull it all in and be fearful and to not love other people, but that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to continue to reflect the love of God, even through hard times. Cynthia L. Simmons here on The Intersection. You can find her online at clsimmons.com. Well, I'm about to wrap up this edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the Faith Radio website. Go to the programming section and you'll find a link to The Meeting House homepage. Through that homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the Intersection Podcast. You can also find links to the Intersection Podcast from the homepage to the Media Center, as well as to iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. 
One is the front room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. The other is the three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And you can follow me on Twitter at Access the Meeting House Facebook page. There's also a list of video content, including recently added content from the 2021 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas. And coming soon, content from the Fall 2021 Christian Product Expo near St. Louis. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Hey, thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.